Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah. So my title um, is, Who is Bleeding? Who is Bleeding? Amen. Amen. So again, we we are doing this and we on um, innocent blood that's being shed as the the I guess the sub subtitle um, under the seventh thing that God hates. Um, so we're going to be talking about who is bleeding on today. Amen. Amen. So again, grab your Bibles. Um, turn with me to Second Samuel chapter eleven. And I'll be reading verses two through five, and then we'll jump down to 14 and 15. Amen. And this is a familiar um, story from the Bible. Um, for those of you that have read this story, but we're going to we're going to look at it as a, in a different way, in a different aspect um, of what, you know, what we've heard before. Um, but um, the, the reading goes. And we'll start again from 2 Samuel 11, and we'll be doing 2 through 5, and we'll jump down to 14 and 15. Amen. <clears throat> and the word of the Lord reads, And it came to pass in the eve time that David arose from off his bed, and he walked upon the roof of the king's house. From there, from the, excuse me, from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent an inquire after the woman. And one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came unto him and he laid with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness. And she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child and we'll jump down to 14 and 15. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. Last scripture. And he wrote in the letter saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. Amen. So again, for those of you who have read this story, this is a story where um, David took Bathsheba and he slept with her and she got pregnant. And the thing was, was this wasn't his wife. So he took something that belonged to somebody else. So he got a little in his flesh and because he got in his flesh it cost him a great price amen so it and we're going to go ahead and get started in the word and it says and it came to pass in the evening time that david arose from off his bed so let me just give you a little bit of background so this was this story here takes place in the springtime when normally what happens is the kings they will go to war um, and the, this would be the best time for them to go to war because the weather, it was nice weather. So like 
it was always, you know, cool. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was the springtime. So, you know, during the springtime, that's when everything begins to flourish. That's when things begin to grow. That's when seeds are best planted. You get the most fruit. You get the most vegetables. You get more in the springtime than you would in the winter, in the summertime when it's too hot for it to grow and it's too cold for it to grow. So the springtime is the best time for them to go to war. And so normally the kings would go out and they would go to war. And as y'all, if you know the story and you know the life of David, then you know that David was always a warrior. He was always on the battlefield. He was always with his troops. He was always going out to war. But this particular time, he did not go to war. This one particular time <laughs> that he didn't go to war and and he he didn't go to war and so he got into a an all you know a, a situation that is gonna cost him. Amen. And it says, and, and it came to pass in the Etah that David, was a, David arose from his bed. So in the evening, David, when we think about the evening time, normally it's at night, you know, in the evening time. So he got out of his bed. So David was asleep or, you know, resting in his bed at this time. And so something caused him to get up. Something was disturbing him that it caused him to get up out of his bed. See, he was walking on the roof of the king's house. But when we lay down and go to sleep at night, normally when we get up, we get up because we need to go to the bathroom or we need to get something to drink. But it's something that is causing us to get up out of our sleep. What is causing us to get up? Who is causing us to get up? What is bothering us? What is disturbing us while we're asleep that we can't sleep through the night? That we're up and that we're walking around, that we can't rest at night. What is causing us to get up out of our beds? Get up out of our comfort zone. Wake up out of our sleep. Because for those of you that there's some that like to sleep, and I'm going to just say I'm one of them people because I, I like to sleep. I like my sleep. I don't like to get up. I don't. I really don't. I like, I enjoy my bed very, very much. <laughs> but something was disturbing David that it caused him to get up. And it wasn't just that he woke up out of his sleep. It wasn't that he just sat on the side of the bed. It was disturbing enough and it bothered him enough that he got out the bed and he began to walk around. So he was thinking about something. Something had to be going on in his mind for him to be getting up out of the bed and going walking around. We get up at night. We walk around because we can't go back to sleep and we start doing other stuff. And, and we all know that at nighttime is when the enemy likes to play. He likes to creep. He likes to come out. He likes to talk to you. He likes to just sit there and, and just be your friend at nighttime. Because the Bible talks about where there is darkness, Satan has the right to rule. So if there's some dark stuff, that we ain't told nobody about, then Satan ruling that place. 
That thing, that's the thing that's bothering us. That's the thing that's causing us not to be able to sleep. That's the thing that's causing our mind to just keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And you just wonder why you just can't, you just can't, you go to sleep, but you're not rested. When you wake up in the morning, you go to sleep early, but you still tired. You still sleeping. You still just mind just all over the place. And you, you just can't get it together. It's because there's something that's dark that we haven't exposed. There's something dark that we don't want nobody to know nothing. We don't want nobody to know about it. We don't want nobody to know nothing about it. And it said, the king, and he walked on the king's roof. From the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. So back then in the Bible, when a woman was on her cycle, there was a purification that she had to go through. So she was on the roof, minding her business, doing what she had to do. The thing is, I was when I was sitting reading, it says that he saw her on the roof washing herself. So she was close enough for him to see her, but not close enough for her to see him because she was minding her business. So she was doing what she had to do to get clean. She was doing what she had to do to purify herself. She was washing herself. She was cleansing herself from the things of the past and from the things that she had unexperienced the last couple of days. She went through a purification process. She was beautiful. We know that David loved women, beautiful women. David had concubines and wives too. It, he just he just had them at his disposal, pretty much. They were just pretty much at his disposal. So he could he can pick and choose whoever he wanted to sleep with, whatever woman he felt like sleeping with that day, or however many he felt like sleeping with. That was his choice. That was, he had, he had options. Now, if he had that many, he had a lot of wives and he had a lot of concubines. Now, I don't mean, I don't, I don't like to share. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't like to share, especially when it comes to my husband. I want him all to myself. I don't, I, I can't share him with another woman. I'm, I'm sorry that that just wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't have made it back then. I want to, <laughs> I want to keep him all, all to myself. I, 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 I'm sorry that, that part of me would be, that's the stingy part of me that just say, no, mm -mm. no, I can't share that. You can have some food and I give you some money, but my man, I ain't sharing. You can't have that. No, I'm, I'm keeping him all to myself. I'm not sharing him with another woman. No. And then he having all these kids with the other women. And, you know, when then it becomes a competition with who has the most kids and who is the prettiest and who got the best hair and who got the best body and the hair. And then it becomes a competition between all the wives. And so they trying to compete to get the husband for the night. No, I ain't doing all that. Because, honey, listen, we going to bed, and that's going to be it. I ain't finna sit up here and be trying to figure out, well, why why he didn't sleep with me and why I'm not chosen for the day, and the pick of the day is 
what I would call it. I'm not the pick of the day and the choice, you know, and I'm not, you know, we're not doing all that. I'm just going to keep him all to myself. I want him all to myself, but he had women at his disposal. He had what he wanted, but that wasn't enough. He had otherwise, he had other concubines, but that still wasn't enough for him. She was very beautiful to look upon. She was very beautiful. He he had what he wanted, but that that he wasn't he wasn't satisfied with what he had. See, you got you got what you you got what God gave you in front of you. But no, I don't, I don't want, I don't, my, my flesh telling me, no, I, I don't had this. I don't want this no more. I don't desire this no more. I want this over here because this here looks better. She, the grass on this side here is more greener. And as Pastor Trina, you know, she had preached before talking about them berries, them berries over there look sweeter. I want to go to the sweeter looking berries, not knowing that it's a worm on the inside of them berries. But you still want them berries over there. So you looking from the flesh. But God gave you what is good for you in the, in the spirit. But we want we want our flesh, our flesh, what our, our flesh want, what our flesh wants. And we ain't going to stop until we get what we want. We'll do whatever it takes to get what we want when it comes to our flesh. But when it comes to the spirit of God and the things of God, then it becomes too much. You can't do this. You don't have time for this. You don't need to do all this to be saved. Why are you doing all of this right here? Well, I want to go over here with my friends on this day right here, but ministry is calling for that same day and time. Well, I'm just going to tell them that um, I got to work and I can't make it. When... When I signed up for, um, I, for those of you that know, I used to work at Legoland. And when you apply for a job, they want your availability. And so when you have a job that is open seven days a week, they're going to want your availability to see where they can put you as far as like scheduling you morning, you know, evenings, nights, you know, work this day right here, off this day right here. Me, I gave them Monday, Monday through Saturday. Sunday? I wasn't coming in Sunday. Mm -mm, that's my day to the Lord. So whatever y'all got to do and whatever y'all want me to do need to be done Monday through Saturday because Sunday I'm not coming in. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't even look at my name. When you scrolling down to see who you need to call in, you can scroll right on by my name. Cause I am not coming in. And I, I let them know, no, I give y'all Monday through Saturday. Sunday, mm -mm, that's my day of worship. That's my day of coming, coming to get the word. That's my day of coming back to be able to hear, to get replenished, to get refreshed, to get renewed for the week that y'all got set for me coming up. So no, I don't want to go to work on no Sunday and be there all day. No, I'm gonna take so I'm gonna take my Sundays off, and I'm gonna and I'm a, and I and I'm gonna come. I'm like, listen, I need the word. The word is gonna keep me through the week. Amen. We'll go ahead and go to the verse number three. <clears throat> and it says, and David sent and inquired after the woman. 
<clears throat> and one said, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? So David, when he inquired, David, he was going to find out who she was. He was going to do his homework because he wanted to know who she was. See, his, this is his flesh right here. Because he was, he, he was told that this is the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Well, Iliam was one of the 30, so he was in David's army. And the wife in Uriah, the Hittite, which is Bathsheba's husband, he was also one of David's soldiers. So her dad and her husband is at war fighting for David. He's, these men are at war fighting for David. David is out here trying to get this woman, trying to get this man's daughter and trying to get this man's wife while they out there fighting for him. Now, I've not had anybody, well, I've had a, a family member that was in the service, but I've not had like a direct contact, like my husband or my son is not in the service. But for those that even just about, you know, watch for those that have served in the service, it can be very strenuous on family members that are at home because you don't know when you're going to get that phone call that your son didn't come back or your husband didn't make it. So that could have been a very, that's a very stressful situation to be in. Not only was her husband there, but her father was out there fighting as well. And both of these men are under the, the um, King David. They're under his kingdom. There was, they was, there's, they were his soldiers. They were soldiers of David. And that is very strenuous when you're sitting there and you're trying to carry on and you try to do what you're supposed to do, trying to be encouraged, you know, trying to, you know, just be, you know, there, you know, as a wife and as a daughter, you know, and as a, you know, a caretaker of those that serve and those that have served is very strenuous. He up here trying to find out who she is. He going to do some homework on this woman right here. So they out there fighting. He trying to figure out who she is. Eliam was David's mighty warrior. And it was about 30, 30, 37 of those men that was mighty warriors. And her dad was one of them. So they out there on the battlefield and they just fighting, just fighting, just fighting. And David up here in his flesh and he going to find out who she is. She ain't got time for that. She got to be on her face praying, you know, for her husband and praying for her dad that they return home safely. We out there doing what we want to do because we want our, our flesh want us to do this right here because that's what our flesh want. We don't care at the price of what it costs anybody else. We don't care who is it going to affect or what the impact is going to be. We don't care about that part right here. This is just what our flesh wants. This is what we want to do. 
We don't like to be instructed on what to do. We don't like to be told what to do. Because our flesh want to get out of control and our flesh want to just do whatever it feels like doing. In verse number four, it reads, and David sent messengers and took her and she came unto him and lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. So David sent for Bathsheba. So before he sent to before he sent for her, what she was doing is she was in the process of, again, she was purifying herself. She had just come off her cycle. And back in those days, once your cycle ended, you still had another seven days before you would be considered clean. You still had to wait seven more days before you was considered clean. That was the, so once that seventh day, then you have gone through the cleansing process and you are considered clean. She was cleaning herself and he had to have known what she was doing on top of that roof because David was a man of God. And in Leviticus, um, in Leviticus, it was, it, it talks about a, a cleaning process of how you have to clean in. If you sit on something, it was unclean. So you couldn't touch that because then you would be considered unclean. And then if you are unclean, then it'll come out in your flesh. So if you were unclean, then you will have a stain on your skin. Almost like leprosy. Leprosy was an uncleanliness. And so leprosy would show up on your skin. And so that would be a sign to the people that you were unclean, which meant that you wasn't allowed in the city, which means that you wasn't allowed to touch stuff. You wasn't allowed to sit on stuff. You wasn't allowed to be around people because you were unclean. And David slept with Bathsheba. When she came to him, she was clean. She had uncleansed herself. She went through the cleansing process. All that stuff she got off of her. She just, she went through the whole process. And she go into David. David slept with her. She was minding her own business. David slept with her. When she left, she left with a stain. She was left with a scar. When she left with David, she was no longer clean again. She she got to go through the process again. She got to walk through that thing all over again. David sent for her. I don't know what the messages told her, but I'd have been like, what he, you know, what he want with me? Like, did he say what he wanted? Like, why is you sending for me? You got all these wives here. My husband is at war fighting for you. What you want with me? Oh, but because he was a king and he was cute and he had money, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm just gonna go and see. I just want to see what he wants. 
it's one o'clock in the morning. Hey, girl, what you doing? Now, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you know, that ain't no good time to be calling nobody at no one o'clock in the morning. My phone, I, my phone had went off at like 1258 and I was, I was already asleep. I don't even know who it was. It was an unknown. It was a phone number that popped up, but what no name. So I just thought it would maybe been my son was calling me. So I answered the phone, but the way I answered the phone, the per, the guy on the other end, he said, I think I got the wrong number back. <laughs> what you want uh i got the wrong number so he hung up because he didn't like the way i answered the phone when you calling me this time of the morning you don't even know me what you want you yes you did dial the wrong number i'm not finna sit up here if you i'm not finna sit up and say hello no i'm not gonna do that what you want when you calling me at one o'clock in the morning for you is interrupting my sleep time that is probably why you can't go to sleep and and you keep getting up out your bed and you disturb in your sleep because you taking calls at one o'clock in the morning when you should be laying down, resting. And you wonder the next morning why you so tired because you keep taking them phone calls, them late night calls, them booty calls, them text messages, looking at stuff that we shouldn't be looking at and hearing stuff that we shouldn't be hearing. Amen. That's for you one o'clock night, one o'clock in the morning, people, persons. <clears throat> I said he didn't like the way I answered the phone. He hung up real quick. I didn't even get the chance to say, who you looking for? <laughs> he hung up the phone. <laughs> he had to hung up the phone. But yeah, no, she left stained. That's not the way that she came. She came to David clean. He was a man of God. And she was raised in the right way. Her father raised her. He was a man of God. She was raised in the things of God. You know who mother she was? Bathsheba was the mother of Solomon. The wise man, Solomon. So she raised him into the things of God. So she knew better just as well as David did. But because it was evening time, it was nighttime, it was dark. She allowed herself to get pulled in. She allowed herself to get distracted and she allowed herself to get off course because it's not all David's fault. It says David sent messengers. So he sent a message to her, but whatever the message was, apparently she liked it. Apparently it was enough for her to go find out what he wanted and at nighttime. It says, for she purified from her uncleanness and returned to her house. She went back home. She went back home to her house where, where her husband memories and all the stuff that they've done together. She went back to that house. The house where they built memories, the house where they had love, the house where they laughed and enjoyed each other's company. That's the house that she went back to. She went back to her house. Let's go to verse number five. <clears throat> And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. 
So she finds out she's pregnant. Usually it takes about four to six weeks before you can find out you're pregnant. So I don't know how they found out back then. Back then they didn't have pregnancy tests, but now we got pregnancy tests. You got blood work you can just have done and see how far along you are and all that kind of stuff. So she sent words back to David that she pregnant. So between verse five and verse 13, David panicked because he know that this is his child and this is not this lady's husband's child. So what does David do? David done figured out a way how to cover up what he did. He done figured out a way how to cover up what he did. He done panicked. So this is what he do. He sent for Uriah. Come on back, Uriah. Come on back here. Go on down to your house and then, you know, go and enjoy your wife and go sleep with your wife. And, you know, he just giving him. Back then, they didn't have PTO, but they got PTO now. So he giving David PTO from the army. So go ahead and take some time out and go sleep with your wife and go enjoy your wife. Because he trying to cover up that thing that he didn't want nobody to know. He trying to cover up what he didn't want nobody to know. So he sent David, he, David sends for Uriah. Uriah come back. He trying to get Uriah go to sleep with the wife. Uriah like, look, I got men out there on the battlefield fighting. I ain't got time to go sleep with my wife. I, I need to be down there with my soldiers. See, Uriah was a faithful servant. Uriah was a faithful soldier. He was faithful to David. He was faithful to his role. They placed Uriah in the army. And Uriah, when he was given that position, when he was given his title, he took that thing very seriously. He told David, uh, I ain't got time. I ain't got time to go back and sleep with my wife. My men are out here fighting. I need to go out there. I need to be on the battlefield with them. He said, I need to be out there fighting with them. I'm, I don't have time to go back to my wife right now. She's okay. So that didn't work. David come up with another plot. We see we if one thing won't work, we'll come up with something else. We're going to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until we can find something that's going to work. That at least we think is going to work anyway. So the next day David tried was tried to get him drunk. And it sort of kind of worked because Uriah did get drunk. He did get a, he did get drunk, but Uriah still didn't go sleep with his wife. He still didn't make it back to his house. He went to the tents. He did not go back and still did not sleep with his wife. He was with his soldiers. He was with the servant that was out there. Even in his drunken state, he was still faithful and committed to his role and his part of the service. Can we honestly say, even in our sober state, 
Are we faithful and committed to the role that we have told God yes to? Are we committed? Are we faithful? And this ain't even in the drunken state. This is in a sober state that we told God yes. Yes, God, I'm going to do this for you. Yes, God, I'll do that for you. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. But now we need our yes to be put into action. Our yes need to be put into play. But I now that our actions is needed, it's quiet. Ain't nobody said nothing. I'm going to just fall back on the back line. I'm going to the back back there because I see they don't started calling people to come up for intercession. And I don't see that they don't started calling people that need to do a word. And I see that they don't started calling. I'm going to the back where I can't be seen. We about to retire, which means that we about to pull back from everybody else. Because now our yes is being required of us. And now we don't want to do our part of our yes. We don't want to carry out our yes that we told God. You gave God your yes. You told him that you was going to do it. Ain't nobody forced you to do it. You gave it to him. I done gave some yeses to some stuff. I'm like, Lord Jesus, help me fulfill my yes. Help me to fulfill my yes. God, my yes is requiring action of me. Lord, help me to fulfill my yes. Take my part and hold up my part of the yes so that we can win this battle, so that we can win this war, so that we can win. So after David done tried to get Uriah to go sleep with his wife and just, just told him, just go sleep with your wife, you know, go home, enjoy your wife. And Uriah's like, no. So then David get him drunk. That still didn't work. The last thing David does was verse number 14 reads, and it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. So when somebody send a letter, you know, we trying to peep and we hold up to the light and we trying to see what the letter say. And is we getting a raise? Are we getting this? I'm trying to figure out what this letter right here say, because I want to see what it say. I'm, I'm trying to find out. We done figured out how we can open the envelope with the tape on it and it's licked solid clean and we figured out how to open it and look at it and put it back in there so nobody know we opened it. But they know you opened it. They know you don't open the letter. But David done sent this letter to Joab by the hand of Uriah. So little did Uriah know that this letter um, was his death certificate in his hand. See, Uriah was a, such, a, a, such a servant that he took his own death certificate and gave it. See, he didn't try to look into see what the letter was. His mission was to take that letter and give it to Joab. And that's what he did. That's what he did. He took the letter and gave it to Joab, the captain. And 
even as I was looking up, you know, who Joab was, he was actually the nephew of David. That was David's sister son. So Joab was the nephew of David and he was the captain of the army. And what he did was he sent a letter to him and we're going to go to verse number 15. And it reads, and he wrote in the letter saying, set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire ye from him that he may be smitten and die. So David sent this letter telling Joab to put Uriah in a hot spot, in a hot zone where he's guaranteed that he's going to be killed. So when he sent that letter and when I looked up retire, that means to pull away. When all the other soldiers pulled away from him, he lost his backup. He lost his covering. He lost his protection. That man lost his life. All because of David and his flesh, his one night stand with this man's wife that caused this man to lose his life. Even though he was committed to serve David in the army. This man lost his life. His blood was shed because David got this man's wife pregnant. And David didn't know how to deal with it. And David didn't know what to do. And David didn't want to be exposed. And David had this secret. And David had this stain that he caused this man to lose his life behind his flesh. David caused this man to lose his life behind this man. But what David didn't know was that baby that Bathsheba was carrying, David' baby was cursed. And when that baby was born, that baby lived one week and God cursed that baby and that baby died. David wouldn't eat. David wouldn't sleep. He just lay in sackcloth and he just wept and he just cried. Mm -mm, it's too late now. It's too late. It's too late. See, you didn't use wisdom when wisdom was required. Now you want to use wisdom after the sin has been committed. You want to use wisdom after the fact. But when wisdom was given to you because they already told you that that was Uriah's, the Hittite's wife. They already told you that before you even slept with this woman. See, your warning came before your destruction. See, when you're giving wisdom, you in your flesh and you don't want to hear it. But then after the fact, now you want somebody to come and you want somebody to correct it. You want somebody to come and help you. Now you want to cry out for grace and now you want to cry out for mercy. After the fact. Now you want somebody to come and pray for you. Now you want all of this stuff to be done. No, you get on your own face. 
and you cry out and you ask God for forgiveness because it was you that when you was given what you was given, you didn't want it at that time. Now I'm going to give you some more wisdom. Go lay out on your face and you cry out before the Lord. Now you want somebody to come and lay hands. No, you go before the Lord. You expose your own self. You expose your own darkness. You expose your own sin. It's easier for somebody to call it out and you just agree with it versus you saying it out loud. See, there's a difference when you confess your faults one to another Versus somebody calling it out and you just saying, yes, I did that. It's easier to say, yes, I did that versus saying I slept with your wife and your wife is pregnant with my baby. Now, how, excuse me. Now, how does this, how does Bathsheba's dad feel about this whole thing, help this whole situation? You don't have my son-in-law killed all because you slept with my daughter. Like David, this here, this just this story by itself could really take the soap operas to a whole nother level. The soap operas ain't got nothing on, on the Bible. When I tell you they ain't got nothing on the Bible, baby, the soap operas ain't got nothing on the Bible. Net they got on TV ain't got nothing on the Bible. He sent, he sent a letter to have this man killed. And Joab, just think about you don't had an innocent man killed for what? Now he got to sleep with and he got to lay with and he has to deal with, I don't had this innocent man killed. Why, why, why was he killed? David, what's going on? What, what, what's going on? He done had this innocent man killed. Not only now that David done had this man killed. Now Bathsheba, she got to live with it. The father-in-law got to live with it. The nephew got to live with it. See, see, he wasn't thinking about that at that time. You see the domino effect. See, your decisions today affects the future. It not only affect, and I always say, the decisions that we make not only affect us, but it affects others as well. No, we don't see it at that time because we're blinded and we have, we have blinders up. And so we only see what we want to see. But the decisions, the decisions that we make today will affect our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, all the way down the line, it will affect others as well. It affects other families and other generations as well. There at some point has to be a break in, in a generational curse at some point in time. Somebody got to be the one to stand up Somebody got to be the one to say no. Somebody has to stand up and ask questions. Somebody got to make a stand. And he sent, he sent this letter. 
he gave the man the letter in his hand that said that he was going to die. And Joab carried out the instructions that he was given. All the instructions, you got to be careful. You got to use wisdom when it comes to instructions. Because even everything that sounds good is not always good. You got to use wisdom when people giving you instructions. Because what is the motive behind it? What is it that they're saying that they're not really telling you? But if you listen, you can read between the lines and you can kind of, you can pick up. And this is where your discernment come in as well. You can pick up and see what, what it is, what is really going on in the background that you ain't told me. What, 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 are, you say, what are you saying that you're not telling me? This one we have to become, we have to become, a, <laughs> and it was, I would call it a detective. We got to do some investigation. We got to be careful. If somebody, you know, when you, when you was younger, your parents used to say, if such and such jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge. No. But if they say, come on, let's go do this right here. No, it's not as dangerous as jumping off a bridge. But was wisdom used in making that decision to say, yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll do. This man lost his life behind David's sin. This man lost his life behind his wife's sin because this was part of her too. It's not all on David. See, we, we want to put everything on David, but she played a role in it too. She played a role in it as well. And we have to take responsibility in our part that we play. We have to deal with the consequences of our role that we play in whatever situation that we have caused. We have to take responsibility. We can't put it all on the other person because it's not all on the other person. <clears throat> have we done everything that we could to be and resolve that one issue? Have you done every possible thing that you could have with everything that is in you to deal with that situation, to deal with that issue, to talk about it? Have you dealt with it? Have you gone through everything that you can think of, that you know to do? Have you done it all to the best of your ability? They pulled back from this man. This man died. Have we done everything that we could? <clears throat> we want to go online and we want to look up how to do this and how to do that and how to do that and how to do that. But are we going to God with God? Right now, I'm not happy with this. I don't feel peace in this. I'm struggling in this. Have we gone to God with what it is that we need to go to God for? Have we sought out the wisdom? 
Have we sought out wisdom for our situation? Not after the fact, but before the fact. Let me just throw that out there. So no, don't go do it and then seek wisdom to try to correct what you done did and how to undo what you done did. No, go before you do whatever it is that you're contemplating doing, that you feel like doing, that your flesh is telling you to go do. Uh Uh-uh, go before the fact and get the wisdom. Don't wait till afterwards to try to seek wisdom. Don't go after the fact. I need you to go before that. Who was bleeding? Who's bleeding? David caused this man to lose his life. David caused Bathsheba to lose her baby because of the sin. She caused her own baby to be lost because of her sin. Who's bleeding? So I pray that this word has blessed you all on today. It has really been a eye opener for me, even studying this and even, you know, just going over and just, you know, just really breaking open the word and, you know, something Pastor Trino said the other day, when you, when you look at one scripture, then you begin to read and you begin to read and you begin to read and you begin to read. And so the more I read into this, the more I started going deeper and deeper and just, I was just like, you know, let me come back. Let me come back. Cause I'm just going too far, too far out there. I went into the lineage um, Solomon, like I was going like it, it'll in the Bible, once you begin to read and you start cross-referencing and you, you will get, you'll be like, oh my gosh, like I did not know this. Like it, it's very intriguing. So I really pray that this word bless you guys. Go back over and read the word. Go back over and read it and see what God is telling you. Again, seven things that God hates. We don't want to shed no innocent blood. Because you shed innocent blood, you got to lay down with that. You got to sleep with that stuff. You got to deal with that. Yes, God can deliver you from that. But you still have to deal with it. So instead of shedding innocent blood, don't don't even go through with it. Use wisdom. Seek God. If you don't know what to do, seek God. That's at any situation. If you don't know which way to turn, left or right, up or down, you don't know which way to go, seek God. I promise you, God going to tell you what you need to do. God going to tell you what direction you need to go. He going to tell you what you need to what you need to hear. Seven things that God hate, amen.